you know, I'm really excited to be able to share with us tonight. Um, but to be honest, it was a bit different when I was preparing this time. I think that there's so much happening in the world and, you know, that maybe that would make you think that it's so much easier to prepare a thought because there's a lot going on. But for me personally, it just made me struggle a little bit because I guess I understand that just because we might want to hear something, we might not necessarily need to hear it. Or just because I might want to share something doesn't necessarily mean that's what God really wants us to get out of tonight. And so I spent a lot of time praying into tonight and and what I should share on. And God actually brought a thought back to my mind that I had last year. And it was about June last year that I first thought of this. And I was in the middle of a season that was really unsettling for me in my inner world, just my thought life, my mental health. There was a lot of circumstance going on around that, but just my inner world was horrific at the time. And I really leaned in that season into this song and it's called It Is Well by um, Bethel Church. They do a great version of it. So if you've heard that song, send some fire emojis below because that song is straight fire. But that's it really carried me through my season. And I think that's one of the great things about worship is that when we don't have words to express what we're going through or what we're feeling, you know, someone's taken the time to articulate it for us and put it into song. And it's quite a powerful song. And I'm the sort of person who I like to explore. I like to know a little bit more about things. And because that song had impacted me on such a personal level, I was just curious to know who wrote it and why they wrote it. You know, where were they coming from when they wrote that song? And so I looked into it and I found that it's actually a hymn from the 1800s. So as much as I love Bethel Church, they can't take full credit for that song. Um, But it was actually written by a man called uh, Horatio Spafford. And he lived in Chicago in the 1800s. And I want to share a bit of his story because I think it brings a lot of um, depth to the words that he writes. And, you know, the original name of the song was actually named after a ship. And I want to read this portion of it and then I want to share his story. It says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And it's quite obvious that this was written a fair while ago. We're not, um, we don't hear too many thous in our songs today, but, you know, Horatio Spafford is an incredible man. And this song was actually written out of um, a time of great tragedy for him. And he had been, he had recently uh, lost a son to an illness uh, just prior to the Chicago fires, which is where he lived, which is where he built his wealth in land and assets. And so because of that great event, he lost actually a lot of his life's work in that sense. And, you know, just after the Chicago fires, he decided to go on a holiday with his family And so they were going to set sail, go to somewhere nice, I'm sure. And the day before, he decided he had to stay back, finish a few bits of work off. But he still wanted the family to go ahead and and enjoy the holiday. So they sailed and he stayed back. Um, But what actually happened was that ship crashed into another on the way and it went down and there weren't many survivors. And his wife had to write to him from the other side 
to say that she was the lone survivor and that actually all four of their remaining children um, didn't survive that accident. And so, you know, in that moment, he obviously had to travel to be with his wife. And as he sailed over the spot where it happened, the captain came to let him know because he had known that his family were in that accident. And so the captain let him know that they were sailing over the area where it had happened. And it says that as he sailed in those waters, he wrote the words, it is well with my soul. And, you know, I think if that story explains why those words have so much weight, why there's so much power behind them, because they weren't actually written in a time of, you know, small grievance. It was actually through the depths of a tragedy that someone was experiencing, something that we really didn't have, we wouldn't have words for. And, you know, the reason that I wanted to share that with us is because that song, those words, that spirit carried me out of a really, really hard place. And what it's really speaking about is it's speaking about peace. And if we could tap into that sort of peace, a peace that says it's well in the midst of it all, you know, we're going to be able to come out of the worst times of our lives by creating legacy. We're going to be able to build something incredible in the midst of no matter what the world would throw at us. And I think most importantly, we're going to be able to affect the world in a positive way when we start with peace on the inside. Because peace starts in the individual, it starts in the internal, but it spreads to the collective and then it starts to invade, you know, the physical world that we're a part of. And so the title of my message tonight is It Is Well. I think it's just a great declaration that hopefully from tonight we can just carry into our lives with the weight of what that actually means. And so we're going to explore this idea of inner peace tonight. And when I talk about peace, that's what I'm talking about that inner peace that only God can give. Because Horatio Spafford, he was um, a Presbyterian. He believed in God and and that's where he really drew that strength from. That's why he wrote this hymn. And, you know, Jesus, he also really understood our need for peace. And in the Bible, when um, he's sharing with his disciples in the lead up to Uh, his crucifixion and lead up when he knows he's going to die on the cross and he won't really be around the disciples physically anymore. He shares with them in John 14, 27, he says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And I really want to unpack this verse with us tonight because, um, I read through it in my journaling and just as I journaled, as I really thought about what Jesus was saying about peace, I think there's actually much more revealed here than what it looks like initially. And so I'm just going to share three thoughts that the scripture shows to me about peace and how that should really affect our life or the application it should have in our life. And so I'll read the verse again. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And so my first thought around peace tonight is that it's not inherent within us. It says that God gives us the gift of peace. Jesus is leaving us with his gift of peace. 
And that word inherent, it just means that it exists in something as a nature or as a quality, a characteristic. And, you know, that's not something that we are as people. It's not an instinct for us. It's a completely introduced uh, way of living. And it goes against every instinct that we actually have as people. And I find this really, really interesting, you know, as I journaled, as I thought about it, because inner peace is something that our world is very interested in at the moment. You know, a lot of research supports that this generation is very interested in the spiritual aspect of our world. They're more than ever searching for purpose, searching for greater meaning. And so if we can really understand God's peace and help to share that, I think we're going to have an incredible impact in our world right now. But I find it interesting that so much research supports um, the benefits of inner peace that your physical body will actually live longer, live healthier just by having that inner world in a place that's settled, it made me ask the question, how is something that's so good for us not inherent in our nature? Or why would something that's so good for us not be, not exist within us? And, you know, there's probably a lot of different ways to interpret Um, this scripture and, and what it's saying to us. But for me, I really believe that peace is a glimpse at the intent of creation. That maybe peace, because in its nature, can't be understood. That at the fall of man, when we craved knowledge, when we went after knowledge before God, that we actually lost the ability to exist in peace that it didn't just introduce fear and sin into the world, it actually destroyed an existence that we were created with the intent of actually living within. And, you know, the way that I'd love us to apply this, so the thought that peace isn't inherent in us, the way I think we need to apply this or what it should, how it should affect our life is that we need to be intentional because it's not natural. It's something we actually need to engage And it's not a moment. I think that's where we sometimes get confused. Peace is not, uh, it's not reserved for a moment of despair. It's actually an existence. It's a space we should live in permanently. That's what's there for us. And it's not hard to get. Peace is a gift. You know, Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to leave you with this peace, but you need to do all of these things to get it. He's just freely offering this existence And I want to encourage you that in Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. And the reason that I love that scripture is it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, which means to let it take control, to let it be in charge of, to let that be the deciding factor in your life. And I think that's how we can be intentional is we can maintain that peace will be the thing that decides our internal world, whether we're settled, whether we're calm, whether we're living in that sense of God's got this. And it leads directly into the second thought that I really had from this scripture, which was peace is beyond our understanding. You know, it says, I do not give to you as the world gives. And I think there's a few ways, again, to really read that. But the way that I understand it is that, you know, there is a sense of peace to be had in this world. I think we've experienced it 
at points in pockets in history, uh, in our personal world. But the difference is that it's dependent on circumstance in every way. There is not a piece in this world that isn't gained by closure or things going right. You know, that peace of mind, knowing that your kids are safe when they're driving to the coast comes from the text to say that they've arrived. There's a circumstance that actually brings peace. And for me, this is why peace is actually the clearest sign of the supernatural in our world, because it actually defies all understanding. It defies all logic. It's not based around what we would see as um, natural. And I love that because that means that peace can only point to God. And so if peace is beyond our understanding, then I think the way that we need to apply that, the way that we need to um, maybe change the way that we live is we need to draw near to God. And you'll probably hear this verse a lot. Uh, we love to say it. When in a fix, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And it's a really powerful thought. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus Christ. And you know, it says that when we pray, when we give things to God, when we're thankful, that's when we experience God's peace. And I think a lot of the time we think of prayer as a way just to request maybe outcomes, you know, the things we want to see in this world. But what it actually does is it draws us nearer to God. It actually invites us to receive the peace that he has for us. And so I think probably I know for myself and maybe for you as well, we need to engage in prayer more often. And, you know, some people have a different ideas of prayer and I want to encourage you. It doesn't need to be a big production. It's not about fancy words and yelling and it's not supposed to be anything crazy. The best definition I've ever heard of prayer is that we're engaging in prayer whenever we're more aware of God than we are of ourselves. So whenever God is first coming to mind, whenever a situation comes up and we just give it to God, like, I wonder, God, what you think about this. We're actually engaging in prayer. We're drawing near to him actively. But it's also the reason that we encourage journaling so much here at New Hope. If you're in a life group, you will hear it a lot. And that's because you have a great life group leader who wants to see you grow. And if you're not in a life group, I encourage you after the service, have a chat to one of our hosts or go to our Connect Hub and get connected in because when you journal, it actually gives you the tools to be able to overcome things. You know, if I hadn't journaled, I wouldn't know that God's given us peace. I wouldn't know that I need to, um, you know, not understand it, but just draw near to him. I wouldn't understand that um, it's not natural in me. So I actually need to be intentional with it. You know, journaling journaling has revealed for me a whole new side of God. And that's why we really encourage it. So I encourage you to draw near to God. It's not inherent in our nature. So we need to be intentional. And a way we can do that is to draw near to God so that we're not leaning on our understanding, but we're leaning on his understanding. And the last thought that I have around this, you know, the last thing it says is don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And my thought is that, Peace is the equalizer of fear. And equalizer might not be the best word, but that's just the way that I see it. 
Because isn't it interesting that we're not given a spirit of fear? You know, the Bible says that, and yet we experience it. And it would seem that we're not necessarily given a spirit of peace. Peace is more of an existence. But now we can experience that as well because Jesus has given us that. And the way that I, I guess, explain this is that peace is the existence we were intended to live in. That's the way creation was intended to be. But fear is the existence that man introduced to our world. And that's created a gap. There's a gap between promise and breakthrough. There's a gap between when Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, I'm not going to be here physically with you anymore, but I will return one day. There's a gap between that promise and Jesus returning. There's a gap between, um, you know, that job interview and finding out you have the job. There's a gap between that relationship breakdown and that relationship restoration. A gap between, you know, a, a bad report from a doctor and healing. And I want to encourage you that that gap is either going to be filled with fear or peace. Those are our two options. And I want to encourage you to fill it with peace. Peace doesn't just um, chase fear away. It replaces it because a sense of peace doesn't allow a space for fear to fit into our world. And the, the application for this is just reminding ourselves who God actually is. You know, fear says less about our circumstance and more about who we perceive God to be. Because God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And in all of our hardship, he still offers us peace. You know, it says in Isaiah 54 verse 10, Though mountains may be shaken and the hills removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. God's overwhelming love for us is made very clear in his gift of peace. That no matter what our situation, whether self-inflicted or not, the fact that man has created the environment that it lives in, he still wanted to create a way for us to exist in the peace, the intention of creation. And I'd love to just point us towards, you know, if you really struggle to come up with a way to express these sorts of things, there is a brilliant song by Hillsong Young and Free, and it's called Peace. And I really encourage you, you know, I said earlier, worship's just a great way to engage things, to express things that we don't have the words for. And that song expresses peace in such a beautiful way. And I'd really encourage you, if you're not sure, Um, how to express it or even want to get a clearer picture of it after tonight to actually go and listen to that and take time out because you're going to be drawing nearer to God in that moment. And, you know, we're really honored tonight because um, an incredible girl in our church, Ashley Hills, has agreed to share her testimony with us. And Ashley was my life group leader and someone who really taught me the principles of journaling and drawing near to God. And as I prepared this message, I realized that the testimony she had shared with us um, was actually a great reflection of God's willingness and his heart for us to live in peace. And so tonight I'm going to share Ashley's testimony that she's written. She says, 
Uh, Growing up, I was privileged to live in a very loving and happy home. I'd never known God and my family weren't Christian and I'd never even been to a church. But my now husband had invited me along and I remember initially feeling like I didn't need God. Life was super good and I had no reason to lean on him. And then I had three major events happen within weeks and I lost people I loved and people that I admired. And I just remember crying. I was so confused. I had so many questions. And for the first time in my life, I was experiencing real pain. And for the first time, I leaned on God. I didn't know what I was doing or what I was supposed to do, but I felt an instant peace overwhelm me. I felt warm and it's really hard to explain, but I just felt very suddenly like everything was going to be okay. And, you know, I really thank Ashley for sharing that with us because it is her personal testimony. But what I want to say to us all is that peace is a gift. It's a promise. It's something that no matter who you are or where you are on your journey with God, that he wants you to actually receive and engage. You might be watching tonight and be like, Ashley, maybe you've never really been to church before. Maybe it's such a new concept to you. The idea of God might be very new to you, but he still has that for you. If you want to lean on him, if you want to engage it, God is already ready and waiting. And then maybe you've been on this journey for a while, but you've actually let peace slip away just in the circumstances of life. You know, I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, you know, God has this for you. It's not a matter of if, but when. And in John 16, 33, it just says this, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. You will have trials. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And so I'd really just love to pray for us tonight. Because I think in any season in life, but particularly the one we're in, inner peace is going to be what helps us to impact our world for for the greater good, for the better. It's going to help us share the love of God. It's going to help us, um, I guess for lack of a better word, invade our space with peace, to fill the gap with peace. And so I'd love to pray for us tonight. You know, if you are recognizing as I've shared that you need more of that or you maybe need it for the first time I'm just going to pray right now for us all because it's definitely something that I need more of and so right now in your own space I encourage you maybe just close your eyes or take this moment Father God I just thank you so much that you're a God that intends us to live in peace I thank you God that it's a gift you've given us And that we just need to be intentional. We just need to draw near to you, God. And we just need to remind ourselves of who you are. I thank you that the gift of peace is a reflection of how much you love us. And I pray that right now we would receive it. Every single person who's watching would receive peace in their hearts and their situation, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're watching tonight and you can recognize that you're new to the idea of God or maybe just beginning a journey with him, I want to encourage you that he's ready and waiting. Just like the gift of peace, he's already ready to meet you and it's not hard to do at all. So in your own space, maybe tonight or um, at any point, you know, God's just not here on a Sunday, but we like to take a special moment 
to make space for this. But wherever you are in your week, you can say something as simple as, Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for coming into my life and help me to follow you. Amen. And, you know, in a few moments, Jordi and Phil are going to share with you how you can um, access some resources and even just some great people if you have any questions about this new journey, because it is a great journey and we don't want you to be on it alone. And so for all of us, let's be encouraged that we serve a God who wants us to exist in peace. And I really hope you've been able to take that away from the message tonight, that we have a God so loving that he wants us to be able to say it is well, no matter what season we're in in life. And so I hope you have a really great week and we'll see you next Sunday.